There is no truth as far-reaching as this fact, as Jesus said, that the Father himself loves you. The Father himself loves you. You know, we could look at John and 17 and verse 23, and we see a verse there that talks about how much our Father really, really loves us. I love the last part of that verse. It says, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Man, I'm telling you, that's something to rejoice about. The Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Now, it does take faith to receive that. It takes faith to believe that. You know, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. And then it goes on to say this, that God is love. Notice this, we've known and believed, or we have confidence, trust, and a strong assurance in just how much love loves us. Woo, man. That will make a huge difference in our lives when we get an understanding of just how much he loves us and then get to a place in our life where we become fully developed and perfected in that love. It will change you forever. You'll wake up in the morning and you'll look at life in a whole different way knowing that your good, good Father loves you and He's for you and He's got you and He's on your side and there is no good thing that He'll ever withhold from you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now notice with me in the 16th verse. When we understand that our good, good Father loves us, and I meant to say the 18th verse, It says this, that there is no fear in love. We can face life fearlessly. Though we may be attacked on the right and on the left, when we know that love loves us, we don't have to be afraid. Dread, anticipation of evil, anticipation of bad things happening in our lives just exists no more. Why? Because this perfect love, this perfect love, it will cast out fear. It will dispel every trace of tear. It will take fear and run it outside. So when fear knocks on the door of your soul, answer it with, Hey, fear, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, and love loves me, and i got a sound mind. We can face life fearlessly, fearlessly, courageously, no matter what. And what this does for you, and what this does for me, it enables us to look at the Heavenly Father and say, Father, I cast all my cares on you. I cast all my anxieties, all of my fears, all of my concerns, I cast them over on you 
Because I know this for sure, that you really care for me. You really care for me. You really love me. And you don't want me to carry the cares of this life on the shoulders of my life. You want me to roll, hallelujah, all my cares over in your capable hands. He's the one that can do something about them. He's the one that can handle them. He has never called you or me to handle these cares. He says, son, daughter, roll your burden over on me and I will sustain you because I am your father and I love you and I've got you. So in response to this teaching so far, let's hold up our hands like this. Now let's just lift them up as if there were cares in our hands. Say this to me, Heavenly Father, you're so good to me. You love me so much. Therefore, I cast all my cares. I cast them in to your capable hands. Therefore, I confess today that I am fear-free, care-free, anxiety-free, concern-free. And now I shall live my life light and easy. For your yoke is easy. Woo, hallelujah. And your burden is light. <laughs> Man, you know, if we just dismiss right now, we could say, wow. It has been so good to be in church. Amen. You know, Paul said something in Ephesians chapter 3, and you can pull it up there in the NLT, in Ephesians, the third chapter. And, he, and he's praying that the church would get a revelation of just how much that the Father loves them. He's praying, for example, that their roots would grow down into God's love, that they would be kept strong. And notice verse 18. And that they would understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Ooh, glory to God. Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure. It's wide enough to be everywhere. There's no place where you are that love isn't. Amen. Hallelujah. You may feel alone, but you'll never be alone. Right. Love said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Amen. It's long enough to last forever. Glory. Human love wears out, but God will never stop loving you. And you know what else? It's deep enough to handle anything. No matter what hurt, no matter what problem you might be facing, you say, you know, Pastor Mark, I'm in a tremendously deep pit. Well, God's love goes deeper than the lowest problem and the deepest pit you've ever been in. Amen. 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 And not only that, but it's high enough to forgive us of all of our sins. I just wonder, how would my life change and how would your life change if we knew and felt completely and unconditionally loved by God at every moment? Your good, good Father loves you. And I want to talk just a while this morning. Because He loves us, what does this love mean to us? How can we access this love, have 
faith and plug in to this powerful love that he has for us? How do we tap in? What is it that your good, good father does for you? Hallelujah. Well, the number one thing that he does for us is your good God father provides for you. I'll just quote this, Psalm 84, 11 says, No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Somebody says, Pastor, but I'm not walking uprightly. But you can. I said, you can. Well, I haven't been walking with God. You can. And I believe you will. You see, there's not any good thing that he will withhold from those who walk uprightly. Oh, man. James chapter 1, verse 17 says this. Talking about your good, good father. He said, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Bad things don't come from above. Good things come from above. So every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Your father has good things in store for you. Now... You know, the ministry of Jesus, we need to understand and get comprehension of this fact that Jesus is the express image of the Father. You know, he said in John, he said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And he said, when I came to this earth, I didn't come to do my own will, but I came to do the will of of him that what? He said, I came to do the will of him that sent me. And he said, I always do those things that please my father. And one of the things he did, not the only thing that he did, he went about doing good. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So the anointing that he had upon him came from his good, good father via the good, good Holy Spirit. He that has seen me has seen the father. He said, it's the father in me. He does the works. And so when we look at Jesus, we see the father. And so when the father says, every good gift comes from me, Jesus aligned himself with the Father's will when he said this. He said in John 10.10 that it is not God that comes to steal. It is not my Father that comes to destroy. It is not my Father that comes to kill. It is, in fact, the thief. He called the thief exactly who the thief is. The thief is the devil. He said he didn't... My father did. He said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill and destroy. But why would you come, Jesus? Why would you come, Jesus? Jesus, why would you come? Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So when we talk about good things coming from the Father, we're also talking about good gifts coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7 and verse 11, it says this. He says, if you then being evil know how to give 
good gifts. What kind of gifts? What kind of a gift is eternal life? What kind of gift is the infilling of the Holy Spirit? What kind of a gift is divine healing and divine health? It's a good, good gift. So if you being evil or if you being natural, if you being a parent, if you being a grandparent, know how to give good gifts to your children, what kind of gifts do you want to give to your kids? You want to give good gifts. And that's from a natural point of view. Well, he goes on to say, since you being natural know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? How much more? That just sends a thrill right through my spirit. How much more? I know how much more. Much, much more. How much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give what kind of things? Give good things to them that ask him. Amen. In Psalms 31, he says this, Oh, how great is your goodness that you have laid up, that you have stored up for those who reverence you, for those that fear you. God's got a great storehouse of good things for you. He's got a great storehouse of favor for you. He's got a great storehouse of glory for you. He's got a great storehouse of provision for you and for me. And I love what F.F. F. Bobthorst says. He said this, Benevolence or goodness is that great attribute of God or of love. Therefore, if you want to please him, remove all the obstacles out of the way out of the way of the exercise of his benevolence or of his goodness. Now listen very carefully. Your good, good father is looking for receivers today. He's looking for receivers. Now I found out in between service that the uh, Oakland Raiders are down in San Diego and they're going to play the Chargers today. Now I think the name of the quarterback for the Raiders is Carr. And he's a Christian. And so when he goes to call a play of about a 40 or 50 yard pass, he calls the signal, he goes back into the pocket, he lifts up the football, and he's looking for what? Someone help me. He's looking for what? He's looking for receivers. And for that receiver to be open, they've got to remove all the obstacles out of his way so that the receiver can get the football and go into the end zone and score a touchdown now your heavenly father he's the quarterback and he's back in the pocket this morning and the eyes of the lord are running to and fro throughout this whole congregation today and he's looking for a receiver he's looking for a believer he's looking Hey, I found me a receiver. Boom, 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 boom. Touchdown. Woo. So whatever it is, whatever obstacle is in your way, by the power of God, get it out of the way and make a clear path.
Thank you, Lord. Say, here I am, Lord. I receive. Look no farther. I believe that I receive right now. Let's shout the victory. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believers are not just believers, but believers are receivers. Now, what else does our good, good father do? I've discovered this, that he protects us. When love protects you, you've been protected. I can think of one, two, three, four, at least five times in my life that I've been protected from death. And probably multiply that by about 50. I mean, five times that I know of. That's your good, good father. Being good to you. You're breathing today because love loves you. Come on, saints. You didn't get hit by that car because God, your father, he loves you. Ooh, hallelujah. You're, you're not living under a bridge today because love loves you. And so all we have to do is remove the obstacles out of his way so that he can protect us. In Psalms 91, I want to read this for a moment. In Psalms 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, he's going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, I will say of the Lord, remove the obstacles of doubt and unbelief and get into faith and say, hallelujah, he's my refuge. He's my fortress and my God in him. I confidently rely on and I trust him. Verse 3, surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He'll cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will trust. You see, dwell in him. Dwell in him. Don't live part in and part out. Get in and stay in. His word is going to be your shield and buckler. Next verse. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night. You're facing life fearlessly now. Nor the arrow that flies by day. Verse 6 through 10. Nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand. But what? But what now? Verse 8. Only with my eyes shall I see and behold the reward of the wicked. But because you've made the Lord your refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for the Lord. Got to preach a little, you know what I'm saying. For the Lord will give his angels charge over you and they're going to keep you and they're going to take you all the way to the finish line all the way to the goal line you're going to make it I'm going to make it we're going all the way 
We're going to not leave anything undone or unfinished because our good, good Father's got us and He has given His special angels over special people just like you and just like me. Think about it. Just think about it. In your pathway is life. And there is no death. In your pathway is long life. And strong life. Why? It's just simply because your father is good to you. Oh, hallelujah. Can I hear a shout or an amen or something? Woo, hallelujah. Here's what else your good, good father will enable you to see in your life if you'll trust him, if you'll put your faith in him. Just like the apostle Paul faced an immeasurable amount of persecution, And just like the Apostle Paul faced an immeasurable amount of trouble, how many of you know trouble comes our way? But just because trouble comes our way, just because trouble shows up, it doesn't mean trouble has to show out. We can trump our troubles by doing what Paul did. And here's what he did. In verse 31... He said this, what shall then to, what shall we say to these things? These things that come against you, these things that beset you, these things that try to take you down and knock you out. You got to say something. I said, you got to say something. It seems like something ought to be said. Paul said, what shall we then say to these things? In verse 31, he said, hey, If love be for me, who can be against me? If love loves me, if love's on my side, if love's living on the inside of me, it does not matter what comes against me. Now, let's look at verse 37 through the end of the chapter. Romans 8, verse 37. Romans, the 8th chapter, the 37th verse says this. Here's what Paul, and here's how he addressed these things. He said, hey, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. But he's, he's not more than a conqueror because he's an apostle. Pastor Tom's not more than, an, more than a conqueror because he's an anointed minister of the gospel. You are not more than a conqueror because you wore a suit and tie to church today. Or you fixed up your hair, you put your pretty dress on, and you're looking all good, and you all look great. But we aren't more than conquerors in and because of ourselves. But notice, we are more than conquerors through what? The reason we are more than conquerors is because He loves us. And then Paul said in verse 38, he said, I am persuaded. You know, I'm becoming more persuaded of his love for me every day. How about you? I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities. 
nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. That covers it all, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Then he goes on to say, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Say it with me real strong. In all these things, I'm still more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Nothing shall ever separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Yeah, but pastor, I haven't been living right. That won't separate you from God's love. God doesn't love us because of that, but in spite of it. He'll never give up on anyone. He'll never throw in the towel on anyone. God does not see the world as hopeless. He does not see the world as helpless. He sees the world through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And what God's hope for the world is, is that they will call on the name of the Lord. And when they call on the name of the Lord... They shall be saved. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. You might be thinking of the lowest of the lowest. And some of you were the lowest of the lowest. And if God did that for you, he'll sure enough do it for somebody else. Thank God the blood has been shed. The sacrifice has been offered. And whoever will call on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. We prophesied in the Bay Area, call on the name of the Lord. Be reconciled to God. Take hold of the great favor that God has placed into your life. Be reconciled to God. And then, God, your Father, forgives. He forgives. In Romans 5, 8, he said it like this. But God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. I'll say it again. Think about it. In that while we were yet sinners, in spite of that, Christ died for us. He died for us. We quoted it earlier, but let me quote it again. And let's look at John 3, 16 and 17. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know what's happening right now? You, your faith is rising in this place. Your faith is coming up to a greater understanding and a greater revelation of just how much he loves you. In John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not what? should not perish but have everlasting life. What kind of life? Everlasting Everlasting life is a life that don't end. (laughs) You know, you and I are not always going to be doing what we're doing here this morning. I mean, in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment, we're all going to be changed someday. Those that are dead in Christ are going to rise first, and those which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Oh, man. Your life is precious in the sight of your Father. 
And when you open up your heart to him and say yes to Jesus, he places eternity with him on the inside of you. Eternity. Some of you, how many of you have loved ones there? Oh, what a day it'll be. When you're Jesus, you will see, right? But how many of you are looking forward to seeing mom again? How, how many of you are looking forward to seeing daddy again? How many of you are looking forward to seeing some brothers and some sisters again? Come on, somebody. How many of you are looking forward to a reunion where the family in earth and the family in heaven come together? Oh, what a day it will be. Woo, it's going to be a glorious day. And forever, we're going to be with the Lord. You can come over to my mansion. You won't even have to knock. I won't care. Why? Because this place that we're going to is so filled with love and so filled with light and so filled with glory that we're just going to shout the praises of God from the morning till the noon till the evening time all day long. And the good news is there ain't no day. The glory of the Lord lights that place up. Amen. Well, you know, you've got to preach on heaven. We shouldn't, be a pre- we shouldn't be afraid to preach on heaven. And we shouldn't be afraid to go to heaven. You just want to make sure you're done down here before you go. But when you're done, hi, amen, get out of here. Amen? But we're all heading to that place. It's a place of glory. It's a place of grace. Everyone that knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior, everyone, in spite of color, in spite of background in spite of country everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved and will go to heaven there is not a person alive today that will ever ever not make it to heaven because of what they've done they will only not make it to heaven because they reject jesus Have you rejected him? Have you accepted him? Have you called on him? Has he come into your heart? Then we're on our way to heaven. And on our way to heaven, we ought to be singing and shouting the victory. It's good news. The gospel's good news. And another good thing about heaven is you're going to be able to eat all you want and not gain one ounce. He's good to us. He's a great God. He's worthy of our praise. Now listen, in verse 17, this is something we want to catch hold of today. Right in the context of God so loved the world, it says in verse 17... For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Your father is not the condemner. But that the world through him might be saved. He did not come to make us feel guilty. He did not come to make us feel ashamed. Shame is the devil's game. Glory is God's gift. The world may say to you, 
Oh, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have gone here. You shouldn't have gone there. And maybe you shouldn't have. But they'll add this, shame on you. Those are chains and words that can be broken by the power of God. It is never the will of God for shame to be on us. It is the will of God for glory to be in us and glory to be on us and the gift of righteousness imparted into us. He is not the condemner. Religion will kill you and condemn you. But Jesus will lift you and he will bless you. Religion is man's search for God through works and through actions of the flesh. But Christianity is a response by faith through grace to his eternal gift, eternal life. Oh, glory to God. Here's the truth. You want to know the truth in this place, don't you? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter and the 17th verse. He's a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who he is. He's perfect in all of his ways. That's who he is. That's who he is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I'm telling you, When this scripture became a reality in my life, all the baggage that I carried for years and years because of man's religious ideas and the religious entanglements that I grew up around, they absolutely fell off me and it lifted me right out of it. Now notice this in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if... Any man. Everyone say any man. That means white man. That means black man. That means red man. That means yellow man. Any man. Any, if any man. This gospel is for every man. (laughs) I get excited just preaching the gospel. You know why? Because it's good news. If any man, if there is any man that calls on the name of the Lord, God takes them out of themselves and puts himself into them. If any man be in Christ. I am not looking at a congregation of losers. I'm looking at a congregation of those who have been in Christed. <laughs> he that is joined unto the Lord has become one spirit with him. And if any man, any man, any man in here this morning, any woman in here today, if any man be in Christ, he is. What is he? He is a new creature. What does that mean? It simply means that you become a new species that has never existed before. A new creation created in Christ Jesus. 
created in his workmanship. You become the handiwork of Almighty God. Woo, glory to God. And I want to emphasize this. Any man, if any man, be in Christ. He is a new creation. But he didn't stop there. Look at this. He said, old things. Come on, old things. The debt that you had was canceled. It was blotted out and it was tunk, tunk, nailed to the cross. This debt that you owed was paid by him. Old things. Old things. You are not looking at a recovering drug addict. You are looking at the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are looking at a new creation. I am not looking at an X this or an X that. All things are passed away. Hallelujah. Woo! All things. For you are dead. And your life now is hid with Christ in God. Say with me, for I'm dead. And my life that I now live is hid in Christ with God. And so when relatives and people try to remind you of who you were and what you used to do with them, just smile and say, that man's dead. I'm now in Christ And he has made me brand new. And what he's done for me, he will, come on, he will do. He will do. He will do for you. Years ago, some of my friends looked me up on the internet. You know, they wanted to find out what happened to Mark Thomas. (laughs) They thought I was down in Oklahoma. But uh, it came up on the Google search, Pastor Mark Thomas, Heart of the Bay Christian Center, Bay Area. Don't you know, it was a shocker to those old guys. You mean the guy we used to... You mean that guy? What? That's what they might say about you. What? We'll let them go. What? Let them get a little taste. Come on. Just let them get a little taste and see that the Lord is good. See what the Lord has done for you. He will do for them. He will cause old things to be passed away and all things to become brand new. Everyone say brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. Woo! At the age of 23, I looked like I was about 75. But when I got born again, and the life of God came into me, He not only made me new on the inside, but over the process of time, what was in here showed up on the outside. Somebody says, well, you're 65 today. No, I'm actually 105. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But they they got together. 
they they all got together. They get together every Christmas and, you know, they drink their beer and they, you know, do whatever they do. And they all decided that I looked the best of all of them. Well, that ain't because of me. That's because of him. That's because of his goodness. That's because of his love. And I'm telling you folks today that love will lift you. Love will bless you. Love will quicken you. Love will provide for you. Love will forgive you. Love will make you brand new on the inside of you. Love will rip the hopelessness out of you and put the God kind of hope on the inside of you. Love will give you a purpose in your life. He will set you on a path and he will use you for his glory. Everyone shout love. Love. Lifts me. There's a lifter in the house today. There's a lover in the house today. There's the great caretaker and burden bearer right now in this house today. He forgives. But the good news, not only does he forgive, but he forgets. He said and over in Micah that he does not retain his anger forever. Thank God. But what does he do? He delights in mercy. And the scripture says that he will subdue our sin and he will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Corey Ten Boom said he put them in the depths of the sea so don't go fishing for them. Don't talk about what you used to be and what you used to do. Talk about who you are now. Talk about what you can do now. Talk about what you have now. And know this, that your father, your good, good father, loves you so much that he says, as far as the east is from the west, you cannot measure it. So far has he removed your transgressions away from you. But not only that, he said in Isaiah 43, 25, he said, I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions. And you know what he said? He said, I won't even remember your sins anymore. He said, he won't even remember your sins anymore. So what are we doing thinking about them? So what are we doing rehearsing them? Those things are gone and those things are dead. Now the devil is a historian. He will come along and he will try to remind you of your past. One preacher said, when he reminds you of your past, remind him of his past. And then tell him that his future doesn't look so bright either. But I want to take that a step further. When he reminds us of our past and sometimes brings photographs of what we were and what we used to do, this is where you and I have to become sharp in the word. This is where we need to know the in Christ truths and become so fully persuaded of them that we have an answer to every lie he brings to the city of our souls. And one scripture that has helped me just about more than anything, along with 2 Corinthians 5.17, is verse 21. For God made Jesus sin for me, who knew no sin, come on, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when he comes to you with all that junk, you take out the sword of the Spirit. And you say, Mr. Devil, that may have been at one time, but today I'm a new creation. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm born of God. And whatever is born of God, 
it overcomes the world. So in closing, let me quote this song to you. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe, safe am I. And the refrain says, Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. When medicine couldn't help. When people couldn't help. When all hope and help was gone. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. And love will lift you today. He's here to lift you. He's here to bless you. And he's here to do some awesome things in your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Please be in an attitude of prayer if you would this morning. You've heard an uplifting message. You've heard a message about your good, good father and how much he really, really loves you. And I believe now that faith has come. And when faith comes and faith rises, the response to a message like this is, Yes, Lord. I open up my heart to you. So I want to pray for a few different things this morning before we go on our way. First of all, I want to pray for people, though, for those who have never called upon the name of the Lord. And you're ready to do that this morning. You're ready to say, Lord, I'm right here. I see you love me. And now I open up my heart and I invite you into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Perhaps you've gone through the motions of that before, but it really wasn't something that you really, really mixed a lot of faith in. And you're here this morning, you're just kind of questioning. I I don't know whether I'm saved or not. Well, Jesus came to give you a no-so salvation. He said that he that has the Son of God has life. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life. But you say, yeah, pastor, pray for me. And then there may, be, there, there may be those today that would say, you know, pastor, you know, I love the Lord, but I really haven't been walking with him like I should. And, you know, today I just want to make a fresh commitment to Jesus. I just want to, I want to open up my heart fresh and anew and invite him to have fellowship with me and to make some changes in my life. Would you pray for me, Pastor Mark? We will pray and we will believe God with you. And then we quoted it earlier that the Father gives good things to those that ask Him. In one context, it says your Father will give the Holy Spirit to those that ask Him. If you ask uh, for a fish, He will not give you a serpent. If you ask for bread, He will not give you a stone. But when you call upon your Father for this glorious gift of the Holy Spirit, He will give Him to you. And if you're here today and you'd like to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit... We will be glad to pray for you this morning. And then lastly, you may be here this morning and, you know, I realize sometimes we can get so besieged with tests and trials in life that our soul gets down. We get a little, we get a little depressed, if you will, and we 
we feel a little insecure and we, we feel a little rejected and it's just like we're not able to get into the groove and into the things that God wants for us. The Bible says that he's your shield, that he loves you and that he will lift up your soul today. He's your glory and he's the lifter of your head. Please pray right now in your heart to the Lord. Pray, 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 pray that people will receive this morning. We shared about five areas that we're going to pray with you and believe God with you for. And so I'm going to ask everyone that wants prayer in any one of those areas, every one of you that wants prayer in those areas, I'm going to ask you simply to, to raise your hands together right now all over this auditorium. Just raise your hand up high. Say, yes, that's me. Pray for me. I see that hand. I see that person over there. I see you. I see this brother here, this precious one over here. I see the young lady, precious girl back there. Just simply by the uplifted hand, those that have their hands raised, just keep them raised just for a moment. But if you did not raise your hand and you should have raised your hand, you say, yeah, pastor, that's me. Pray for me all over this auditorium. All of you raise your hand together real high and just kind of wave it. Oh, thank you, Lord. God's moving by his spirit right now. I'm going to ask everyone to just look up here right now, if you would. We're going to do exactly what we said we're going to do. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe along with you. In probably five minutes or less, this service will be dismissed. But we never, ever want to take for granted the needs and the heart cry of people. So we're going to do what we said we'd do. We're going to pray for you. We want to pray with you right here in the front, if you don't mind. So those of you that have raised your hand, if you'd all stand up together right now, just do it together, no intimidation. All of you just stand up together all over the auditorium. Those of you that did raise your hand and that want prayer, just go ahead and stand all over this auditorium right now. And I'm going to ask you to make your way to the front right now. Let God touch your life. There's others that did raise their hand. There's others that did raise their hand. We're asking you to come right now. Everyone stand to your feet, please, right now.